have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. A new world order. Child sex trafficking. The deep state is trying to destroy Donald Trump's presidency. Loose the battle plans of heaven. It's all about control. Broadcasting live to the world now. It's the Weekend Vigilante, Sheila Zielinski. Today's program was made possible by the generous prayer and support of the faithful friends and partners of this ministry. Visit our new website at Sheila.media. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sheila Zielinski Show for this February 1st, 2018 edition. What happened to January? <laughs> it just flew by. Listen, I want to jump right into the program. My guest is the one and only fantastic Ellie Marzuli. He does have limited time, so I want to jump right into it. It is the one and only long overdue, by the way. He's got something really exciting going on tomorrow. We're going to talk about that. I'd like to welcome him back to the program, the renowned L.A. Marzuli. Welcome back, sir, and a belated Happy New Year. There you go. Happy New Year to you, too. and Great to be here, Sheila. Thanks for having me back on. Appreciate it. Yeah, you were very overdue. Well, we're going to get into a lot of stuff today in the program. I'm going to talk about something very exciting happening tomorrow, which is really exciting. But first of all, let me ask you this. Um, so much going on. What did you think, first of all, of the State of the Union address? I saw most of it. I didn't see the whole thing. I'm just amazed at how anyone could find any fault with it. I mean, but, you know, the country is so divided among ideological lines. And I mean, I, I guess... The whole idea of dreamers, these people coming in that are undocumented, <laughs> the whole idea of chain migration is, is insanity. I mean, I'm actually going to do something next week, which I won't really talk about, but going to call around and just and just see just how accepted this is in other places. You know, building a wall, people can say what they want about it. The idea that how many people that are listening to the show have not had someone go through rehab and 50 years ago, no one knew what rehab was. Right. And with the murder rate and... Mexico reaching the more people are killed in Mexico than there are in, in Iraq and, and you know, in Afghanistan. Uh, it is a war zone, literally a war zone. And the government is completely corrupt. It's amazing how the former president, Vincente Fox, points a finger at Trump because Trump wants to build a border wall. Well, you know, Vincente, you have the reins of power for a while. What did you do to clean up the cartels? Absolutely nothing. Thank you very much. So uh, this is an ongoing problem. I'll quote Bill O'Reilly, and it's true, Mexico exports its poverty. And I can't blame these people for wanting a better life. I get that. If I were there, I'd want to come up here too. But when we reverse it, if I just show up in Mexico City and go, hey, I'd, I'd like really like this country, and my wife and I just want to stay here. Can we get citizenship? And oh, by the way, can my kid go to school while we're here? I mean, are you kidding me? They deport me as fast as your eyes would blink. So it's, it's a double standard. And the fact that the Democrats can't see that. And, you know, there's a political reason for it, because most of the many of these people will vote Democratic. And of course, that's what they're hoping for. So it tips the political balance uh, in ways that are, quite frankly, it shouldn't be this way. The other thing is, you know, Michael Moore gets up and talks about toxic whiteness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I could I could really get into this and say something. Last time I checked, the Declaration of Independence was drawn up by a bunch of European white men with the greatest document in all of history. You don't see anything like that anywhere else on the planet. So before we're ready to, to completely crucify every white guy that's ever lived, 
which what some people are ready to do. What's the alternative to it, Mr. Moore? With all due respect, sir. I mean, what what other alternatives do we have? Um, Stalin? Is that where we want to go? You want to go to the the Communist Manifesto or the, the policies of, of Stalin, which left uh, what 70, 70 million people dying in the gulags? Is that is that what we want? Um, you know, white civilization, um, basically the Renaissance came from the white man. I mean, this could get into a real racist rant. And I think that's what they're trying to do. The bottom line is this. I view everyone, I don't care what they look like, as an equal. Because the Bible tells us we're all made in the image and likeness of God. So whether you're Chinese, whether you're you know African-American, or, or a white guy, or a Native American, whatever you are, you know, I, I take you at face value. I just look at you and go, okay, well, you know, who are you and, and what are you going to do? And it's a case-by-case basis. Color and race and everything else doesn't even enter into it. It has nothing to do with anything. But if, if, you have an, if you have an agenda, if you're intolerant, and what I mean by that, there's a lot of people that, you know, isn't it funny how uh, toxic, toxic whiteness, what about toxic Christianity? There's the other one that they bash, where you can't even Google Jesus for crying out loud. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's like, come on, guys, before we throw this out, let's really look at what we have here. And we need to compare it across the board. You just can't cherry pick. Well, you know, white Americans are responsible for the genocide of the First Nation people. I get that. That's indefensible. I get that. That's a black mark against the prevailing culture that was here. I mean, I, I totally understand that. The whole slavery issue is another, no pun intended, black mark or a white mark. So I won't be called you know, a racist for, for saying that. A, a detriment on the country. But we reverse things. So if that's true, let's go to any other country on the planet. Just go pick one. I don't care. And we'll start talking about that. And we'll see that, that the root of the problem is man's depravity. That's the root. It's not whether you're white or black or red or yellow. It has nothing to do with anything. It's the inherent nature that man, mankind, men and women are depraved. And that's why we need a savior without getting down a long religious uh, you know, tangent here. But that's, that's the whole point. When a person comes to the end of himself and realizes that, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm a depraved human being. And a lot of people out there who listen, I'm not depraved, Dylan. I, I'm a good person. Yeah, right, sure. So have you ever lied? You know, have you ever gotten angry at someone at the freeway and, and given a middle finger salute? I mean, you know, it goes on and on and on. All I know is that when, when the Lord shows me another layer of the onion of my depravity, I just recoil and I just fall on my face and thank him the fact that the price is paid and there was no condemnation through Christ Jesus. Amen to that. Well, speaking of absolute depravity, you know, you mentioned Michael Moore earlier. What a job of the hut, liberal lemming that guy is. And then you've got this weird thing with Mark Ruffalo. I mean, talking about male privilege and we need to make a space for, you know, our male privilege. Like, like, just put a sock in at you, you hirelings. Is if we care what these insufferable windbags think. Well, it, it amazes me that, frankly, that the media even even panders to them, but they do. And these people come on. This guy's an actor for crying out loud. He's pretending to be someone else. I don't care what he thinks about anything. I mean, I really don't. Hey, has he ever written a book? Has he ever produced a, a documentary film? Have you ever did anything but pretend to be somebody else for crying out loud? And, you know, you're talented at that. Great. So you make a lot of money. 
But, you know, I mean, have you actually done any research? Have you actually studied anything? And so it's, it's you know, it's annoying when, when people get on and, and, and like, like the Grammys, which was the least watched. Gee, I wonder why. People, and you got, you know, these guys don't understand that the majority of Americans, and if you take the illegal alien vote in New York City and California, Trump would have won. So when Trump says, Trump would have won the popular vote. So when Trump says that, well, we just remove the illegal aliens from California, there's about 3 million. Oh, gee, what is it, six months later? The stats are showing that there's at least 2 million votes, last time I looked, that may have been fraudulent in California. People that are not citizens, yet they're voting. I mean, come on, come on. What, what, what are we looking at here? So it's like, the bottom line is, a vast majority of Americans, at least half the country, are very tickled to death, unlike Nancy Pelosi, who who calls our tax you know, cuts breadcrumbs. Well, Nancy, if you had it your way, you'd be raising taxes for crying out loud. I'll take all the breadcrumbs I can get, thank you very much. Or, you know, Hillary Clinton lost the election, basically, because she called many Americans a basket full of deplorables who were homophobic, Islamophobic, xenophobic. You know what, Hillary? You're, that's how out of touch you are. And anybody who looked at you say those things, you realize that this woman despises many Americans, despises. Why? Because I stand up and I'm against homosexual marriage? That makes me a homophobe? No, it doesn't. The fact that I look at the jihad threat and what's happened in Europe, and the fact that these people, when they become radicalized, will do incredibly evil things. Just last week, there was a, um, one of the most heavily body counts in Afghanistan. And this is how evil it is. They set off a smaller bomb, so all the all the people gather and start helping the wounded, blah, 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 blah. Then they pack an ambulance with explosives, and they have a guy that, that's driving the thing, looks like an ambulance driver. When they get there, there's everyone crowds around the ambulance, and then he blows everybody up. A hundred people were killed. This is Muslim against Muslim. This is how crazy... The jihad really is. Do we want that here? So if I stand up and say something like I'm doing now, that makes me an Islamophobe. No, it doesn't. Because, I, you know, if, if the American people saw the election in 2015 where Safwat Khadgazi, who's the imam of Egypt and part of the Muslim Brotherhood, this is when the Muslim Brotherhood rose to power. They've been in the shadows with Mubarak. They went underground for decades, literally. But the moment Mubarak was deposed, uh, the Muslim Brotherhood rose up. And it's incredible to watch Safwat Hugazi, this imam, in Tahrir Square, yelling and screaming at the top of his lungs that the capital of the new United Arab States will not be Mecca or Medina. The capital will be Jerusalem. And then thousands, tens of thousands, mostly Muslim men in Tahrir Square yell, and they're all, in, they're all chanting at the same time. To Jerusalem we go, martyrs in the millions. Now, if Americans saw that clip, everybody would do a handstand. And we're going, wait a minute, wait a minute, what, what are we doing here? So the fact that Trump comes out and says, you know, we should maybe slow down uh, immigration from these countries, and some clown who's a Ninth Circuit judge or whatever strikes it down. This is how wacky things are. And Trump was called by the left immediately an Islamophobe. Excuse me, if you show that clip to Nancy Pelosi, Nancy, is, can you defend that? It can, and what are you going to say, Nancy? Well, they really don't mean that? Are you kidding me? See, it's indefensible. And, of course, you know, they would, they would tap dance around that and try to steer the conversation. Just deal with what Safwat Hagazi is saying and Mohammed Morsi, who was elected and then quickly deposed because the people don't want Sharia. But I digress. The bottom line is the American people saw that, Sheila. People would start doing handstands going, wait a minute, what are we doing here? And 
The idea of a wall, a border wall, remember 9-11, George W. Bush gets up, we're going to build a wall, surfing wall, we're going to keep a terrorist out, all this nonsense. And of course, they don't finish the wall, and it's business as usual, because the federal government is completely corrupt, and they can't do anything right, at least under the leadership of the Bush and Clinton and, and, and Obama and the whole crew. So we have, we have Trump saying, we need to build a wall, and he's right. So, you know, what, what's wrong with Americans first? You know, what, what's wrong with that for crying out loud? Are you kidding me? If I go to another country and I try to work there, I mean, do you think I go to the head of a line? No, there's no way. The people in that country will pander to the people in that country. I'm an outsider, and I always will be an outsider until at least one generation goes down. So the fact that Trump wants to build a wall, somehow he's called xenophobic. This is what the left does. They use these terms, and they use them as ammunition to attack reasonable, fair-minded Americans like you and myself. Need I say more? Yeah, need you say more. Well, you did mention Miss Nasty Pelosi, the crypt keeper herself. You got drooling Joe the schmo. You got crying Chuck the schmuck. And then again, the crypt keeper. I mean, what a what a trio of twits these people are. You know, and then you mentioned, of course, Hillary Clinton. I mean, the absolute kahunas on this woman to read out of Fire and Fury, really, at the Grammys. You know, Hillary literally has an entire continent of people who want her locked up and hanged for treason. But yet she and her other cringeworthy ilk, L.A., can vociferously deride a sitting president. And it's, and it's just ubiquitously lauded. I mean, what is wrong with that picture? I mean, it wasn't really even that long when the Dixie Chicks went from country music darlings to anathematized pariahs. Oh, how the paradigm has shifted. You know, it has. And that's, look, what's happening, and I think it's going to be incredible. I keep tweeting, release the memo, release the memo. When they release this memo, it's the tip of the iceberg. Um, I, I'm sure you've been following the QAnon stuff and, yeah. you know, 4chan, 8chan. We all have. We've all been looking at it. And it seems, and Corsi's been commenting on it. Look, something's going on with this. And everything that we've been we've been researching and looking at and, and talking about literally for years, and it's starting to unravel now. And, of course, Nancy Pelosi, oh, that's just a distraction. Nancy, Nancy, let me ask you something. If this is such a distraction, why, why are you so afraid to let the American people read the memo? I mean, what can possibly be in it, Nancy, that would be so damning that you want it kept silent? They're all running for cover. When this thing starts to break and pedo gate starts to yeah, break, yeah. the whole human trafficking, trafficking thing, because, you know, Trump's been talking about this, the human trafficking thing, and he's right. And, he, you know, look, when you're, when you're in a place like he is and you've got access to information that normal people will never see the light of day, he's seeing everything. There are people that are bending his ear that were probably very silent during the Obama administration. But now that they got him in the White House, they're going for broke. And this is why the deep state so-called shadow government is beginning to unravel. And frankly, it needs to. Eisenhower talked about this. And we all know the clip, you know, the military industrial complex. So I talked about this on Acceleration Radio on my show last night. And I just, shameless plug, and I just said, Ike, first of all, was a general that coordinated D-Day, number one. He had access to everything. This was a war footing. He had access to absolutely everything. And then he becomes president, okay? And are you kidding me? For him to come out and say something like that, that we have to look at that as a political flare going up, signaling the American people 
that we have some a monster here that needs to be curtailed. And of course, the monster was never curtailed. They blew away JFK in Dallas. Uh, all that's coming out now with with such just just some of the information that's coming out. The fact that it it's now known that Hoover stated in writing, "No, we can't go there. We American people just have to believe it's the lone gunman." I mean, it's right there in black and white. So it's what seventy years or whatever. Not that not that long, but it's 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 like you know over fifty years since since the assassination, and now it's coming out that who can you imagine if that if that story had leaked out in sixty three or sixty four? Can you imagine wow. what happened? The country would have gone ballistic. Hoover's head would have been served up on a platter. But see, it's all starting to come out. Those of us like yourself, myself. I mean, there's a whole bunch of us who have known about the deep state. And when we talk about the deep state of the shadow government, we're called the tinfoil hat brigade. You know, that's what we're, we're just name called and cat called and people just laugh. Well, it's all coming out. Hunting Hitler is one of my favorite shows. So here it is more than 70 years after World War II. And what are we looking at? Hitler escaped. Hitler escaped. And the rat lines in the Vatican are all complicit. All complicit. The Vatican is absolutely part of it as is the Red Cross. I've been watching that show because it, it's it, all it's doing is confirming everything that I've always felt was true, but now someone's hunted it down. And these guys, obviously there's something going on here. And what they're unraveling is, and just think about this, if they're showing us the corruption at the end of World War II and the fact that the CIA and the Vatican are all complicit in this, are you kidding me? How deep does the rot go? How deep does the rot go? And I think it's unraveling. I really do. Yeah. How deep does the rot go? You have no idea, people. Yeah. I mean, I think it's unraveling as we speak. I think there's some really bizarre things also happening. It's funny that you mentioned Tinfoil Hat Brigade because I did this expose on the X-Files from about 10 days ago. Really creepy overtures on this thing. And the weird thing was, you know, you have this one guy kind of whisper this phrase, and I think the government knows about it. You know, LA, they sort of mock this whole idea of disclosure, but in a very theatrical way, there was this alien that had been discovered, of course, by the CIA. And later in the movie, he joked, says, and we will build a wall to keep you, basically, you degenerate humans out. Very jokey, again, very theatrical, but really this, it was kind of this creepy Orwellian mock-up. I mean, is this the new level of weird predictive programming, but making everything a big joke, like in your face, punks? Well, you know, that's, that's exactly it. I mean, it's getting to the point where, and I know you know this, but when we had disclosure in December, uh, there's no doubt about it. We had three incidents of uh, the government basically coming forth and saying, okay, UFOs are real. Um, we had the reveal uh, Area 51 when the government said, yes, Area 51 uh, exists. Hello. We had Harry Reid coming out and stating that um, there's a secret government program to study UFOs. Isn't that interesting? And then my favorite, somebody gets a F-18 pilot to come on Fox News with the clip of the UFO and go on for like a 10 minute interview with Tucker Carlson. So this begs the question, has this guy written a book? No. Does anybody know who this guy is? No. How does he wind up on Tucker Carlson? See, that's what the scary part is. How does he wind up on Tucker Carlson? Unless the powers that be call up the producers and go, we want this man on, he's got film, it's time to do this. It's the deep state calling, that's who it is. 
And they say, okay. So they trot this guy out, and he's got the film. Where does the film come from? He doesn't have the film in his closet for crying out loud. And no one's heard of this guy. And when Harry Reid talks about there's a government studying UFOs, well, Harry, and, and you know, I just want to scream because the interviewer doesn't press the question, ask the question, Harry, how are they studying UFOs? Are they just looking at film taken from the 50s? Are they back engineering craft from Roswell? Are they working side by side so-called extraterrestrials like, like some of the whistleblowers that have come across my desk are telling me? Just how are they doing that, Harry? Elaborate for us, please. Well, they're just studying. Well, what do you mean by that? You see, so, I mean, we crossed a Rubicon literally in December. And because I'm getting back, circling around to the point now, because there's been so much nonsense, Independence Day, The X-Files, all these shows, it's like the public can't ascertain and discern between reality and fiction. And so here are three news stories talking about that the so-called extraterrestrial presence is real and no one bats an eyelash. My phone doesn't light up. I get one email from some pastor back in the Midwest. That's it. That's it. I just sat there going, is everyone, are they spraying stuff with lithium to completely sedate the entire population? I mean, this is ground. Tucker Carlson on the show, he's going, this is a really big story. We should be talking about this. You're right, Tucker. Hello. It's exactly what we should be doing. But, you know, you're just, you're a talking head. You're a real smart guy. You do great interviews. But your producers are just feeding all this stuff. Who made the call? Why now? Well, you're certainly aware keenly of the roadblocks, the, the absolute cover-ups, the red tape, the bureaucracy, you know, this whole ancient alien theory. Oh, yeah, that's way more feasible than a biblical narrative, you know, because the biblical narrative, that's just a pipe dream. Really? I mean, the BBC putting out this, if we made contact with the aliens, how would religions act? The Pope baptizing aliens, we've covered that for years, this this false prophet Pope and his antics, and oh, yeah, the Catholic Church baptizing aliens. Aliens. You know, every other day, these weird, like the this recent UK survey said more people believe in space aliens than in God. I mean, Steve Quayle tried vetting the pilot that flew out the Kandahar giant. I mean, that gets suppressed, but it's okay for the Super Hornet pilot to, to have his out-of-the-world encounter broadcast on Fox News. So I think you brought up a really good point. Well, and you know, Steve, Steve broke that story with the giant years ago, and we seconded it. We had a guy come up and uh, who was a shooter and shot one of these things. And what we realized, we put the two of them together, and this is what's amazing. We realized two different giants in two different locations. And what that does, that tells me, okay, you know, what what's really coming down here? What are we really looking at? This is, and, and of course, it's all controlled. I mean, Basically, I was I was contacted by a member from one of the alphabet agencies uh, last March for our work on the Kandahar giant. That's what put me on the radar. That's what put watchers on the radar was our work on the Kandahar. They didn't like that. They want to keep all that stuff under wraps. Now, if, had this been in the 80s or the 90s, I more than likely would be dead. Just like anybody who got too close to the UFO stuff back then, they killed them. What they count on now is that no one cares. Nobody cares. I mean, we, we released the, the, the Afghan giant film. I mean, we, we sold a bunch of DVDs. You know, we didn't sell like a half a million DVDs. We sold 10, 20,000 DVDs. We're, we're a small fish, and yet I was contacted. And I had a little car mishap, which I can't tell whether it was 
the, the main the fan belt which controls everything looked like it had been cut and that means your power steering goes off and if you live where i live if you're not quick you go over the cliff so not saying it was happened that way but when the tow truck driver came and got me i showed him the belt and, he, and the first thing he did is he goes do you have any enemies that's the first words out of his mouth wow just saying so that's how the game is played since then and I've emailed Steve some of these. I've had two or three other men come forward and they won't come on the record and tell me that they either saw one uh, that was alive and running incredibly fast or they another another helicopter pilot came up to me at one of the conferences last year and wouldn't come on the record. And he just said, I was there, a different location. I put my chopper down. I was immediately pro uh, promoted. Uh, my clearance went up a couple of levels and I hauled back a biological entity that was under a tarp. And I said, was it a 12-foot Nephilim or a 12-foot giant? I mean, we don't know whether it's a Nephilim, but in my opinion, it more than likely is. And he just nodded his head, yes. So this stuff is real, Sheila. There's a hidden history that's being held back from the public. And this is what's at stake here with our, um, our press conference, if I can segue into that, that it's been five years since we first went down to Peru in 2013. And, and the reason why we went down there, I saw YouTube where Brian Forrester is holding these elongated skulls. And I just went, what are we looking at here? And it's been five years and we've gone through a lot of money and a lot of time, a lot of blood, sweat and tears to get here. But this Friday on February 2nd, we will be holding a formal press conference at the Marriott Hotel down near the airport, LAX. It's already sold out, but you can get live streaming for 10 bucks. It's a four hour conference from one to five. Remember, this is Pacific time. So we, we've got a lot of people signed up for the live streaming. We're set to go. It'll be a three camera shoot. Eight people will be presenting, and I think you'll find that absolutely fascinating. Uh, I will open the conference with our, our hypotheses, followed by Richard Shaw, our filmmaker, the creator of the Watcher series, along with myself, who will give us a show us a six to seven minute compilation film from 2013 to the present day, then followed by Brian Forrester, who will present a very interesting slideshow. PowerPoint presentation uh, with all these different elongated skulls from all over the world, followed finally by Mondo Gonzalez, who's our archaeologist. He's got a master's degree in archaeology. Mondo and I did the extractions uh, for the DNA. We had 58 samples, which we tested, 58 samples, which were tested. And that report um, will be available to the public and to anyone who wants one. Um, and after Mondo, of course, Rick Woodward, another archaeologist who's also an anthropologist, will be uh, showing, sharing his research on the morphological differences, the structural differences of the Paraca skulls from a normal human skull, followed by Dr. Michael Alde, who's a medical doctor who's examined these. Very extensive, interesting PowerPoint. And dare I say, he and I both concur that we might be looking at a subspecies here, followed by Dr. Uh, Malcolm Warren who, once again, his specialty is in, is in the neck vertebra, the vertebra and the neck. And he will be talking and sharing with us just how, because of the morphological differences, the structural differences in these skulls, this entity, whatever you want to call it, must have looked very, very strange. Last but not least, Marcia Moore, who's an incredible, incredibly gifted forensic artist, will show us how these, these entities may have looked thousands of years ago. So all this, February 2nd, uh, you can go to live streaming, lamarzuli.net, lamarzuli.net, sign up. Uh, you If you can't watch it live, 
Um, it's going to be up for at least two weeks. So you can watch it over and over again at your leisure that, that evening. Let's say you're at work, you can't can't be there. But one o'clock on the West Coast is, you know, four o'clock on the East Coast. So um, I would just say that encourage people to sign up on the live streaming. This is, we think it's groundbreaking information. We would not be going through the expense to host a press conference unless we had real hardcore data. And we know there's going to be blowback. And immediately from a scientific community, you know, my question is this, how many samples do we need to test before you can't use the lame excuse of contamination just because you don't like the results? The data is pointing to uh, basically transatlantic migration. That's what it's pointing to. And I'll leave it at that. And that rewrites history. That's what's at stake here. And academia, the scientific community don't want to budge off of that. They hate the thought of rewriting the textbooks. We're saying, you know what, folks, it's time to say that the emperor's not wearing any clothes. We're not discounting the Beringia and land bridge that at the end of the last ice age, there was a land bridge between Beringia, the continent of Asia, and Alaska. And people came over. I get that. Absolutely, that happened. We're also stating that people came over from Europe and, and the Middle East. Our proof text for that would be Thor Heyerdahl when he creates a papyrus boat, and he sails from basically out the Straits of Gibraltar without a compass, has no idea where he's going. He winds up on the island of Barbados, the island of Barbados. He proved in modernity that this could have been done in antiquity. And frankly, that's what we think happens, and more testing needs to be done. So all this uh, will be revealed February 2nd down at the Marriott. You can go to lamarzulli.net, lamarzulli.net, and sign up for the live streaming. Wow, so exciting, this press conference tomorrow, folks. I know there's, <laughs> it's kind of short notice, but I hope you do get the live streaming and watch this. Wow, 1 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, lamarzuli.net. Get on over there, folks. LA, it's always such a pleasure. I know your time is limited today, but we want to get this out so the folks can get signed up for this. Do come back and see us real soon, and we really Really appreciate your time, sir. And we look forward to having you back on soon. Thanks, L.A. Thank you, Sheila. God bless you. We'll talk again soon. Folks, that was L.A. Marzulli. His information, again, is lamarzulli.net. It is linked there in the description. And tomorrow on the program, Friday, February 2nd, you do not want to miss. It is the one and only Monty Mulkey talking about a fascinating topic. You have to tune in tomorrow. And I've recorded an excellent show with Dr. Michael Lake and that's going to go up over the weekend so be watching for that and make sure you do subscribe to me that's Sheila Zelensky's YouTube official channel because like I said we're going to video in weeks to come I've already tested it so what how I tested it is I did a little it's like a little five minute expose on the x-file so go look for that on my YouTube channel it was just uploaded yesterday you know, it's a little bit of a crude editing job because I'm just learning how to do this. So the placement of my soundtrack, my audio did not line up with the video. So I sound like I'm one of those kung fu fighters that speaks a little couple milliseconds after. But anyway, you, you get where I'm going with that. Anyway, the video is called X-Files Mandela Effect and Orwellian Predictive Programming. So do check that out. Again, first crack at video, screen capture, editing. And you got to remember, there was no live footage anywhere 
that I could find on the X-Files, the clips I wanted were not available anywhere on the internet at all. So I had to go back to my PVR and I literally had to videotape it right off my TV. But I hope you enjoy that. So again, subscribe to my YouTube. Go to www.sheila.media, S-H-E-I-L-A dot media. And at the very top right, you can see the direct social media links, Facebook, Twitter. Hey, if it's good enough for actor James Woods, it's good enough for you. I was so surprised when he started following me. I thought it was cool. And lastly, as promised, I wanted to do a tribute to Greg Evenson. So I'm working on that right now, but I had a lot more trouble. It's an older, different file format. It's an older sound and it needs a lot of work. I didn't realize my sound was so cringeworthy just four or five years ago. It's come a long way, baby. Have a fantastic night. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless.